allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Isaac Asimov once said, individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinder critics and philosophers of today. But the core of science fiction, its essence has become crucial to our salvation. Tell me how many lights you see. Yeah! Oh! It's all lights! This is how liberty dies. Good evening, I am Miles P. McLaughlin. Hi, I'm M. Ciro Garcia. And I am Dave Sellers. Yes, yes, you are Dave Sellers and Dave Sellers, who loves the JJ-verse. Special help. Special <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely. Aww, you know the, the great thing about you know, like little comments like that. Like in your, if you're in the sci-fi community, you know that's a Firefly reference, and uh, it's just it's just great. It's just great. There's like a whole other language that happens when stuff like this happens. So I really appreciate it. So so tonight, just so everyone up front, we are going to be talking David Lynch's Dune, not the new Dune. We are going to do that. We're going to give people, a few members of our uh, community here, <coughs> Miles, uh, a chance to see it, uh, and Dave, to, to chance to see the new one, and uh, M has watched it multiple times. I've watched it once, and I will be happy to watch it again, so I'm looking forward to that. But... Um, we're going to be talking the old Dune just to have a basis of comparison and talk about maybe what it felt like to watch it and uh, maybe is there anything redeeming to it and uh, why it's an important film maybe anyways. But we're going to start with what's going on in our sci-fi world and uh, we'll go there. So does anyone want to go first? Um, I guess I'll go. There you go. So um, I watched the... The, the classic Dune uh, a week or two ago. Um, we'll be talking more about that. The 4400 uh, jumped on, uh, dropped on CW. It's a, I don't, it's not a remake. They're just kind of like, it's a very similar premise as the original one from the early 2000s. But I like the first episode. We'll see what happens. Starship Farragut finally dropped uh, Homecoming, their last episode in uh, the original series era. I thought it was very good. It wrapped things up, and they are in production for one of their first uh, Farragut Forward episodes, hopefully in not too distant future. But I follow them on Facebook, and you know, I'm seeing some pictures of, of what they're doing. Uh, Star Trek Progeny dropped last week. I watched that. I'll probably watch it again. I thought that was pretty good. Um, watched Lower Decks on Paramount. Both of them on Paramount, La Brea on NBC, uh, Last Man on Hulu. Uh, as I can, I'm watching Doom Patrol and Titans on HBO Max. I'm reading the Star Trek uh, Next Generation novel Coda, Part 2 by uh, John Swallow. I, I'm pretty sure that the this is going to wrap up the... Um, um, the novel universe that has been covered in Star Trek novels since Nemesis, since uh, the TV, since Picard, they're kind of taking a different direction than the novels did. So I, I feel like it's kind of like they're almost reboot, rebooting the universe. So they, when they start writing novels again, maybe they'll that, they, that way they can 
write it from Picard. Uh, just a feeling I get. Um, I also finished reading a, a series of a, a trilogy of novel, time travel novels by a Clark Graham. So that's that's what's keeping me busy sci-fi that wise. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, nice. And how are you? I have a question for you. How are you feeling mm-hmm. about La Brea? I'm still enjoying it. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, these time travel shows are, are, are like, you know, let's take, it, it's a fish out of water, you know, t- take, take some modern people in this case to 10,000 BC with very little, um, of, you know, modern amenities and, um, trying to see how they survive and, um, you're finding out seeing out of this group of people who might be the good guys and who might be the bad guys. And, um, you know, there's people on the other side that are trying, still trying to find a way to rescue them. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a small group of people that have to acknowledge that, the, that, that, that it's, it's accepted this, it's a doorway to another time. And, uh, um, so I, all it says, yes, I'm still, I'm still watching and enjoying La Brea. All right. Yeah, the only reason I'm asking you is I watched like half the first episode and I was like, eh, not for me. Doesn't okay. mean it's not good, just meant it was not for me at that point. Mm-hmm. That's all right. That's all right. <coughs> and what's going on in your sci fi world? Not a whole heck of a lot, my friends. Um, a big girl job has been keeping me super busy. Um, and it's, it, I like, when, I was very happy to watch Dune to like, to just lose myself in that and, and just enjoy a whole new world. Um, I, I just haven't had time to really enjoy anything. I've been curious about, uh, about La Brea. Um, I wasn't really sure what was going to come of that. And I knew I saw that 4,400 came back and I want to watch that as well. Um, the only other, the only TV show I've kept up with um, has been foundation on uh, Apple plus, which is gorgeous. And half the time, I don't know what's going on, but it's amazing. And I don't care. Um, I kind of, I have to watch it like once or twice and I pick up some of the really subtle stuff. It's beautiful. It's a really neat story. Um, I've bought the books so that I could just, I can sit down and, and listen to them. Um, and then Lower Decks, I think that last episode of the season was perfection to see the Lower Decks on um, on other ships from other people. It was the it was so funny. The the Vulcan versus the Klingon versus the 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 quote unquote human ship. Um, I loved it. I thought it was super smart. To, to blend those together and um, I'm not reading anything currently and I'm really behind on all of my podcasts. Uh, but I am looking forward to Dr. Who coming back in a couple of, in like a month and a half no? And then the Witcher starts back up in uh, December. Super jazzed about that. Um, and that's my sci-fi world. Henry Cavill. I did, look when I finished playing through the first Witcher game, and I'm about to start the second one this this weekend. Um, I love Henry Cavill is just like icing on the cake. <laughs> I I, I, yes, I love is. the books. 
All right. <laughs> Relax there, short pants. Um, the the books, the, I read the first book in high school and loved it. Um, was it high school, college, college. And then uh, I kind of forgot about them. And then the TV show sparked it all over again. And then Steam happened to have all the Witcher games for 50 bucks. Um, every single one of them. So I thought, oh my God, that averaged out to like $7, $8 a game. Um, so yeah, take my money. Um, and I, 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 I it was my, at the TV show. I really like The Witcher in general. And it just happens to have a very attractive young man leading the role. It doesn't, you know, that wasn't the reason I fell in love with Witcher. It's incidental. Yeah, incidental, right? right, right. Yeah, it's, but it is a reason to <laughs> fall in love with the Witcher. Absolutely. I'm just saying. If it look, if him being just the hottest, most amazing specimen of humanity, um, and it, if if that brings you to the Witcher, and then you get involved and you really like the story and the books and everything, then his work is done. <laughs> and he's a big giant doofus nerd so like he totally gets it like he played the games and read the books and then when he found out about it he's like please pick me (laughs) and then you know the story of when he got the role of superman he was in the middle of a raid uh in uh i think it was in wow and he got the phone call and he let it go to voicemail because he was in the middle of his raid and didn't want to interrupt the raid. I did hear that. I mean, Priorities. the boss isn't going to down himself. And exactly. what was he playing in the raid? Like, I, I don't know for sure, but I love watching that video of him, I'd peg him putting as his rig tank. together. I mean, if you're tanking, you cannot stop the raid Absolutely. for a phone call. Yeah, No, totally get it. I mean, maybe if you're a low-ranking BTS, you could, like, die to take the phone call. But if you're the tank or the healer, I mean, the like... The irony is he was probably he was probably that. in there with Vin Diesel, and they were, like, in their little clan doing their little thing. Does Vin Diesel wow as well? He did at one point. I hope not now, but that's just because I'm. Yeah, you're anti. Not. You're anti WoW right now, but. but uh, well, I found. Really to, well, yeah, they need to get their act together. <laughs> I the company needs to get their act together. I never really enjoyed the game. I was never really a big, a big guild, fan. Guild, you're um, a Guild Wars person. I am a Guild Wars person. I'm currently right now finishing off my daily so that uh, before the reset, so that I don't lose my achievement points. Guild Wars one or Guild Wars two? Guild Wars two. Uh, see, I just, I don't know. Like, it lost me. Mm. I did really the, like playing the Guardian, though, because of the big hammer. I mean, that leap move, I could have done for hours. And I did for hours. Oh, my God. It didn't so even matter stuff- if it was useful at that point. It was also so cool. It was happening. I mean, we we have to have a whole nother show on gaming because <laughs> the gar- the role of the Guardian and some of the other um, occupations from Guild Wars 1 to Guild Wars 2 is like going from middle school to PhD. And recently they've come up with some really amazing um, new new uh, legendary um, uh, stats that you can build up for your character. And I, like, I'm so excited because now on my Guardian, um, you, I can use not only the longbow, but the axe, and I have legendaries for both. So she just lost at one point. I have Bifrost. I bought I Bifrost. Have, do you have the Halloween stuff from like? That's what I'm. <laughs> yeah. So the Halloween right now. I just finished the collection for 
Oh, I have all of the weapons now, which I'm super jazzed. And the the bonus for that was super nice. You know, I should um, just like log in one of these days and see like what is in the inventories and just give them to you because I don't think I'm ever gonna touch that game. And if somebody else can have my stupid Halloween stuff that for it, some reason is way po- more popular than it should be, so it, a lot of it is garbage. Like a really lot of it is, is. shit. But you, I mean, garbage. Sorry, I didn't mean. But so a lot of it you can sell for a ton of gold. I've made, I made a little over twelve. I feel like you and I just need to have a gaming podcast, like night with like wine. Yeah, this needs to be the sci-fi diner girls talking gaming. We did, we we did some sci-fi girls before, right? I think we we did. I called it the sci-fi dinette. Yes. Is I I totally like genderified it but like i it's love fine we can we, we can, can embrace that yep. uh absolutely so we've just taken over the show everyone right. the guys are just gonna sit around and and just bask in our awesome uh dps yes, that's right <laughs> You're See, awesome i don't really do a lot of dps i do do tanking and i do do healing i don't tend to like dps but that's just a thing yep all right, and back to the regular anyway. show. Anyway, <laughs> so that's what's going on in my sci-fi world. Well, Chrissy, since and you I'm kind sorry of if you hear a lot of clicking, you, uh, clicking. Why don't you take over now, Chrissy, and we'll just continue to drink our coffee um, and have a beer and go from there. I, I have a hard time sometimes remembering, like, what I did from show to show, and then there are things that I forgot to share. I'm like, oh, I should share the next time. And then I don't remember. So that's that's where my brain is at right now. Um, obviously, I watched the old Dune, which we will talk about the hot, hot mess that was. <laughs> I did watch the, the new one. Um, so, and that that was pretty much what I've been doing off the top of my head. I don't know if I shared that I'm really excited for the anime movie that should be coming over stateside about, which is basically a Japanese remake of Beauty and the Beast. It looks and I'm phenomenal. Like, I saw that trailer. I'm so, it's so, so stoked for it. Yeah, it's, oh it's going to be good. It's the same people that put out uh, The Boy and the Beast and Wolf Children, and I'm, I'm, I'm there. Um, What's it called? It's called uh, Bell, I believe. What did you say? I think the American version is Bell, and I think the Japanese version is like the Beast and the Speckled Princess. No, it's not Speckled, Freckled Princess. But it looks good. So I'm not sure. It takes place in like a virtual world and a like it's all this virtual reality type stuff. It looks good. It does. So the music is amazing. Like if you haven't. Like gone onto YouTube and listened to it. The music is amazing. The animation looks phenomenal. So the and it looks like they're using two different animation styles. So the quote unquote real world, I think, is more like the old school two D style, right. and then the virtual world is then more in the modern like three D style. So like it's really awesome to see like the two different art styles side by side. Um, and of course, it deals with some like the real world impact of online virtual interactions and cyberbullying and so like you could just you just basically you took Disney to Japan and then 
added some psychology on top of that, put a great score of music. I have been listening to it nonstop. I just am all about it. And I'm super, super stoked. And I keep like double, like trying to check to see when it's coming stateside. January. And I've already decided. Is it January? Yes. I don't care. I want to say January 22nd, but I could be just pulling that out of my ass. That well, I don't care what's happening with Shelter at that point. I'm just gonna go watch it. <laughs> like I'll just be like, I'm sorry, Shelter team, you're on your own tonight. Chris has got some anime. Uh, right. That's happening. You need a night off. Right, right. But that's a Saturday. I'm off anyways on January twenty second. So it's cool. I think Bree is covering on call that night, so it's fine. Right. I'll just we'll be good. We'll yeah, be I'll good. just tell her tomorrow. Your co- my executive director will be like, "You're covering for that night." I I have an anime to watch. <laughs> it's fine. She'll embrace my there. Nice. There you go. There you go. Dave. Yeah. So Dave, what's going on in your sci-fi world? Yeah, not too awful much. Um, much doom. Finished lower decks. I completely agree with you. And that last episode was terrific. It was stellar. Absolutely. Um, didn't realize Prodigy was released, so thank you for reminding me of that, Miles. That's how we look dark and under a whole life feeling lately. You're welcome. Um, yeah. The biggest thing, my daughter somehow, some point here, said she wanted to watch Harry Potter. So we've been watching the Harry Potter movies for the last few weeks. These are good movies. Aww. These are good movies. And... and the part that's still kind of baffling to me is she has never sat and actually paid attention and watched a movie the whole way through, much less now sitting through two and a half hours per flick for the first three we have to now. We have the last two to go, and she has been attentive to each one. I'm like, all right, here we go. First Harry Potter. Next Lord of the Rings, and then we'll bring her in the rest of the way. There you go. That's just good parenting. Uh, right that really is. Exactly. Uh, who's going to argue with, with With the, the triumphs, I, I, I should share the fails as well. She was at my mother's Saturday night when my wife and I were at a wedding. And I don't know how it came up, but she didn't know what the Death Star was. And That's it. Off the podcast. Off the podcast. I David! Hand in. Your geek cred See, card now. How I dare did, you? Did I could have driven home. Movies. I'm calling <laughs> child services. I, oh, I think that I am obligated to report absolutely. this. To absolutely, absolutely. This is, this is covered mom, on my mandated reporter. Yes, yes, me too. I, my mom texted me that, and I was ready to drive home from Philly <laughs> just to correct my daughter and discipline her because I know she knows better than. <laughs> I raised you better. Raised you better than this. See, that, that, I had to drive half in the that, bag. That, that, that sort of talk would have got you a whooping day when you were young. Oh, <laughs> well, not in my house. Not in my house. Yeah. My dad would have been like, "You don't need to watch that garbage anyway." Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's been good. She's, she's been really enjoying it, and we've enjoyed and all watching them together. Nice. Um, still waiting to watch the new Dune. That's another movie my wife decided she wanted to watch with me. So after Game of Thrones season eight, I don't want to take the chance of watching it by myself first. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> yeah. I, I, I did that. I, I watched season eight of Game of Thrones without her, and she did not talk to me for three days. <laughs> I mean, that's within her rights. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, was wait, quiet, it was a quiet three days. <laughs> not had, she, had she stated, I would like to watch those with you before you did it? Yeah, because we watched the first seven seasons together. Oh, uh, yeah. And then, okay. so, yeah, she tells you. You yeah, yeah, kind of heard, like heard that. It was implied. In my defense, in my defense, the time wasn't working to watch it together. And I know we were reviewing it on this show. I had to get my homework done. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So, oh, so it's the sci fi diner's fault. I got it. Got no, it. No, you got it. It is, for cheating on your wife yeah. like that. That's not it acceptable. Is, it is my dedication to this program and this organization <laughs> that forced me to step outside of my marital bounds. Ladies and gentlemen of the courts, yes. I, I, you know, I, I want you to strike that from the record right. because, as you can see, this gentleman is. Is just he's clawing at at, at 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 excuses to, you know, failing after failing at his his husbandly science fiction Jeez, duties. That's right, that, that, uh, that judge. I, 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 you just throw this case out of the court and let her file a, her on a, her own. This is not. This is nothing against the Sci-Fi Diner or the people associated with the Sci-Fi Diner, except let the, the record show we do not. Support I rest it. my case, Your Honor, and have a great day, ladies and gentlemen of the court. Netflix cheating or HBO cheating on your on your significant other for, for the Sci-Fi Diner. Do we not have given it. Maybe yeah, it was an like, unconscious thing when she told me she liked the JJ uh, Star Trek movies. So I don't know. I think as your punishment, you oh. need to watch all three of them. In a row. Again. Yeah, yeah. again. And then yes. we're back yes. on the side of the next time. We you know what? Shame at you. You know what? With 90% of the garbage that's on TV, I'll take that punishment. <laughs> okay. Next I'll episode, we're reviewing all three JJ J. J. Abrams. Wait, why do I have to be punished because of him? <laughs> <laughs> all of us. That's right. That's right. We're all doing it. That's right. Oh, man, you know, just be they glad always I don't pull the car over. Because your peers over. are doing it doesn't mean you need to do it. This is like, this is like the drug talk, you know? You can't do it. Just because your peers are doing well, it. Well, the, uh, the drug talk, you must have been watching the first dude a little bit too much. But uh, That is yeah. such a good PSA on why you do not do That's drugs, right. children. Or you do not watch the first dude. But... Uh, <laughs> On drugs. On drugs. Well, maybe that would make it better. But the spice is light. It is. It is. The I feel like if you took a light. shot every time they said spice <laughs> or dune, it would make it much better. Absolutely. Absolutely. We did that a bunch. We we got some friends and I watched it together, and we did the drinking game for it. And, um, yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot. I stopped like halfway through. Like, nope. Nope. No. Nope. The spice must flow. He is the Quiznos hat rack. <laughs> the hat rack. I love that. To be perfectly honest, though, I almost couldn't take it seriously when I saw Patrick Stewart and I was like, so this is just a really oh, bad, bad hollow deck version of the of the book Dune that must have gotten like corrupted over time. Like that's what I pretended it was. It, it actually makes it a bit better to pretend it is a, a hollow deck. It excuses Patrick Stewart's like you know incursion into the film. So that or that or it's a really bad away mission. I'm not sure. There's it's an 
for what it is and for when it was made and the actors who signed on to do it, like it's, it's, it's glorious garbage. It is truly like it, it, it's it's in the Smithsonian of important uh, science fiction films, both for it like just being completely wrong, and also for you know 1984 is when that came right. out. For yes. that movie and all of that art and like all of that hand painted stuff and models, it was impressive. You know, can can we go? What was like? Can we just go over what was? Because it's so easy to rip on this movie. It's so easy. Oh yeah, but I actually get the person. Oh. Why don't Scott tell us what's going on in your sci-fi? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. We kind of, we kind of, we took over. We just kind of uh, <laughs> just went that direction, and I'm okay with that, right? Sorry, Dave. I well, in my defense, I came sorry, on a little Scott. bit late, so I didn't realize that Scott hadn't shared. No, I I'm know sorry. it's fine. Uh, I watched Dune like the rest, uh, like Acquitted. like many of you, and I did, I did not watch the original because I watched it a gazillion times. Um. And, and, uh, and I, uh, so that's it. Like, so like, I, I too am just, I, I kind of feel like we are on a, like a synergy into the movie. So I hate to break that, but I, I am, I'm watching foundation too and absolutely loving it. Um, I am behind one episode because I was busy this weekend, um, uh, with league of legends worlds. Um, so I've been tuning into that, the championships are this next Saturday. So I'm tuning into that, but, um, nice. but I am, enjo- I am enjoying foundation. I, 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 it's, it's, it's the only sad thing for me is when you log into like Apple TV, it's not on the front page anymore. And that kind of indicates that this popularity maybe isn't as good as it could be. Um, but that mm. being said, I am still enjoying it, and um, it's the it's the only show that I'm consistently keeping up on. Um, my son and I watched uh, Wolf Walkers, I believe it's called. It's like a it's Sean Bean's in it, um, and uh, he doesn't die in this movie actually, and uh, so that, that was good. <laughs> that was gonna be my I, question. No, he, he doesn't. That's a rarity. No, he doesn't. Uh, but he does become a wolf walker in the end, and it's based on it's it's like takes place with all of like Irish accents, and it's 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 not anime, but it's some animation, um, and it's it was good. I forget where we watched. I think we watched it. Maybe it was Apple TV. We watched it, uh, but we really enjoyed that movie. And then, and then Keith and I also watched Patman Inverted, uh, which is an anime, um, where the gravity goes askew and like half the world lives upside down and the other one lives right side up. And it's kind of an interesting love story. And uh, with an interesting twist at the end, they kind of blow your brains uh, in the end by you, you kind of think here's what's happening. And suddenly they they reveal that you were wrong all the time. Um, And it was just one of those great things. And they kind of, uh, you know, pull the wool, you know, from the pull the curtain back and you're like, Oh, this is awesome. Um, so there's that. I think that's probably it. I'm 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 interested in watching Finch. It's coming out on Apple TV Plus uh, with Tom Hanks, the robot and the dog, um, and that looks kind of interesting. Uh, so that's coming down the pike. Um, mildly interested in the League of Legends uh, animation series that they're going to be dropping in Netflix this weekend, and um, obviously interested in Bell, like you said. Uh, Chrissy, uh, as far as that coming out, and uh, yeah, so some good stuff I'm looking forward to, but I'm not tuning in into too much 
TV. Again, I watched La Brea, made it halfway through, and didn't catch my attention. Doesn't mean it's bad. It just wasn't where I was at. But Oh, and I'm reading the Wheel of Time series again, read through the prequel, the first book, and I'm now partway through the second book in anticipation of Wheel of Time dropping sometime this month. So, yep. And that'll be on Amazon of- Prime. Yep. Wheel of Time is is I'm sorry that did you is that going to be on Apple or Amazon? I think that's on Amazon. Nice. So, yep. So yeah, that's uh that's my sci-fi world and uh I never finished that book series. Yeah, well, you know it it's easy, you know, when you get to book 7 and 8 it becomes a slog fest and I haven't decided like so I read the entire series before. And well, and I haven't decided whether I'm going to actually go past book 3 because my understanding is that this first season, at least, takes place within the first three books. So Yeah, no, I think I got to, like, eight or nine. I forget which one was, like, The Winds of Winter or something like that. Or Path of I forget which one. But basically, no plot was really significantly advanced for 800 pages. And I was like, no. You know, a chapter no, on do how that. the interior of the tent looks is, you know, that's plot. That's progression. No, no, it had not. And I just said, you're done, Robert Jordan. You're absolutely done. And, I refuse to read another you know sentence that you have he written. He wasn't. He wrote an, an additional four or five books beyond that. Well, oh. that sounds like Game of Thrones, where a chapter is like describing the kind of leather that someone's wearing. Absolutely. I mean, it isn't the tradition of the great epo- epics. I mean, right. what was it? The Odyssey went on for how long about the stupid shield? Hey, it's no worse than Victor Hugo and Les Miserables spending two chapters describing the power sewers. And no one cares about the power sewers. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares about the power sewers. This is why I love reading You're The like, Princess okay, Bride. So, the sewers of Paris. And no one remembers that when you read it. All they care about is Jean Valjean, Javert, and Cosette. And, you know, they don't care about the sewers. But no, the Paris sewers. If you want to rebuild the Paris sewers, you could do it from Les Miserables. But well, one more sewer, <laughs> one more poo. <laughs> you know, yes. pooping is a very important thing that I have learned from the pandemic and the toilet paper fiasco. <laughs> Absolutely, sewers are important, so maybe that's why he wrote about them. I don't know. You know, anyways, let's talk about something that maybe isn't quite as low as the sewers, but maybe pretty close, and that's Dune. (laughs) (laughs) It only took us 40 minutes to get to the topic of it. Well, so let's talk about this. I think there's a a lot. We we dog on this movie, and we've kind of hinted that we're dogging on it. And there are there are reasons to dog in this movie. But Chrissy, I think you were heading this direction when we kind of came back to me to tell about my sci-fi world is there are there are there are there's redemption there are some things that we could find that are redeemable for this movie and i think that i i took it as a personal challenge to find good oh, things yeah. about this shit movie no, no because i was like i can't just rip on this thing for like 40 minutes because it's it's too easy and i refuse to simply come in and and take some, the easy path i'm like no well, so we're gonna do this the right I think way we have to look at it back in the era that it came out right first of all and mm-hmm. the types of movies Absolutely. That were coming out then. I mean, this is a movie that that Frank Herbert, you know, was intimately involved with, was on set with, and was blessing it, it was blessing it in some way. And so, 
So he saw merit and value in the way the movie was being made, uh, at least to some degree. And so, you know, whether that was because it was padding his pocketbook or maybe he legitimately said, this is a project, you know, he believed in what Lynch was doing. And even though now we look back and say, this is a, this, 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 this movie needs, you know, really uh, doesn't belong anywhere near anyone, you know, um, well, to, to be fair, even the critics kind of panned it. I mean, I, th- I think I read somewhere about a critic saying that some of the characters were psychic, which which means they have the unique advantage of understanding what's going on because no one else will. So, well, so, okay. So, but to be fundamentally, there's a pacing problem. Yeah. But fundamentally, you cannot put a 900 page book in two and a half hours and expect there not to be a pacing problem. Which is why the new Dune which is only half the book might work, you know, right. You know, and, uh, you know, so it is, and this is why, so we're reviewing the David Lynch uh, film, but the <clears throat> sci-fi channel also did a mini series off of Dune and then a mini series off of the sequel children of Dune. And in my opinion, they were much better than David Lynch's Dune. But well, yeah, I mean, what I think about, you know, adapting, Game of Thrones, we just talked about the Wheel of Time, you know, they have multiple hour-long episodes to adapt these books that are, I want to say, about the same size. I mean, each, if I recall, each season of Game of Thrones was one book from Game of Thrones. And even then, they had to cut stuff. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Except for the last couple of seasons. They well, made at up. that point, we like, ventured Pfft. into fan fiction right. and they well, pure conjecture. Yeah, exactly. Although I think George R. R. Martin was kind of involved with those. You know, he just wanted a paycheck. Exactly. It was just a this paycheck. Is, see, this is Frank Herbert's problem with this David Lynch film. But, um, so, but, or Alan but let's, Smithy. But let's talk about what, what, in your opinion, as you look back in this movie, um, <laughs> could we say is redeeming about this movie? <laughs> well, I, I love the costumes. Okay, the flowy dresses, and I—I I don't know. I just have a thing about like Renaissance stuff, so I liked the the women's dresses. I was like, I would wear that every day, but that's just me. I think there were some interesting choices uh, in this movie, like the way to kind of introduce the. Uh, the novice to this i mean you you have the one character the princess kind of giving an exposition of when this is happening the the universe that it's in um and she did it in a way that i thought wasn't boring it was um it was you know i it held my interest and you know you know and, and and if you're not if you haven't read the book or any of the books, you're going to be, I, I think, lost. And so, having some of that exposition at the beginning, I thought was helpful. But well, so to be, to be fair, Miles, that is the book. The book opens mm-hmm. with an exposition from Princess Erlon. Okay, I mean, so so, 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 so in that part, they were at least in somewhat faithful to the book in her and having her because in between each section of the book, there's like this little diatribe of Princess Erlon kind of sharing insight into this figure into Paul and Dune. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and even for never reading the books and never watching this before, 
like I, I, I followed the story, at least at least the overall gist of the story I got. Right. I mean, despite everything else seeming like they were on, they spent their what forty million dollar budget on magic mushrooms when they did it. But <laughs> I, I mean, it, it the story was really good. I, I I really can't wait to see it that story told in a modern cinematic process. Mm. But I'm, I I didn't, I didn't hate the thing. There was a lot of really hokey stuff. And considering 1984. Well, but you look at all the great stuff that came out in 1984, Ghostbusters, the search for Spock, um, Terminator, one of my favorite movies, The Last Starfighter, was in there, and Ice Pirates. I don't know if you ever saw Ice Pirates. Right oh, Ice Pirates. I love that movie. I know. That movie to watch. Out. Yeah, it, it's hilarious. But Noted. For the time, I mean, for the, for the time, I mean, it, it felt more low budget than what it was compared to what else has been out there, I think. But the story was great. And seeing actors like that in their younger versions of themselves, I was like, yeah, I recognize that guy. I know that guy. Who was that? Oh, yeah. You know, and even back in 1984, Patrick Stewart didn't have any hair. So it's. He had that little cul-de-sac of hair. Yes, 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 (laughs) yes. But, I mean, didn't hate it. I mean, it it seemed like a good story, and, and I really can't wait to see it modernized right like if i think back you know, buckaroo bonsai came out in oh, yeah <laughs> right i forgot about that one <laughs> uh i remember my brother um i was we were supposed to go see something and we ended up at buckaroo bonsai and it was just like oh, this is the most amazing thing i have ever seen in my life <laughs> um i was how old was I? I was 13 and was just like, this is the best thing ever. And with Dune, it was just, we didn't have a lot of, it, it's serious science fiction. You know, when you, Ghostbusters is goofy. Gremlins is scary. Last Starfighter is kind of adorable. Um, Conan the Barbarian, or the Destroyer came out, and Ice Pirates was a comedy that everyone should watch, and no one should say it's terrible. It's beautiful garbage, and that is it, and that is the final word on that. Um, M has spoken. Um, oh, 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 Star Trek Search for Spock came out in 1984. Yeah. My boyfriend was born in 1984, so, you know, stuff came out of 1984, I'm just saying. <laughs> But given oh, given what was out there, like oh, Terminator—that's another serious sci-fi. But to have a book like something that you've you've only had in your brain to be out on a big screen is is I I I admire the chance that they took. Well, well, and and previous adaptions or attempts at adaptions had failed and i think someone tried to adapt it before and ended up with like basically it got canceled over because it was like going to be a 10 to 14 hour odyssey and you know this was before 2000 when lord of the rings came out so to like go back you know 
what is that, 30 some odd years to then previous 30 some odd years. It's, it's important to give it credit for what it's worth. And I do think that the sets were pretty imaginative and interesting. Right. So things I liked, I liked the score. I liked the costumes. I liked the sets. I, well, minus the barons. I was just a little bit too over the top. Um, <laughs> like, kitchen, you know, um, you know, mostly I, I felt it suffered from a pacing problem that yeah. wasn't necessarily anyone else's fault other than the time constraints that the story itself was under. You cannot make a coherent plot from a 900-page book in two and a half hours without fundamentally completely altering the, I would say, like the core essence of the story to make it unrecognizable from the book. And so I admire their commitment to the plot points. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, I think we have to also, you know, we're dogging on this David Lynch film, but this isn't all David Lynch's fault either. Like this, this, this film has been mired in a lot of contention between David Lynch and the studio. I mean, so could you care if I give a little bit of a history lesson here? Sure. Okay. All right. So, so, his movie right prior to this was The Elephant Man, starring John Hurt and Anthony Hopkins, right? And um, and has been called one of the most conventional of Lynch's films. It was a huge critical and commercial success, earning eight Academy Award nominations and uh, one of them Best Director, right? So he's on the heels of this when 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 Herbert you know approaches him or uh, when the studio approaches him on doing this. But before he was approached in doing this, George Lucas actually went to him and said, would you like to uh, direct Return of the Jedi? All right. Lynch refuses, saying that Lucas should direct the film himself as the movie should reflect his own vision, not Lynch's. Probably a good move, <laughs> especially after Dune. Um, <laughs> but, but all that being said, Lynch agreed to do Dune and was contractually obligated to produce not only one work, but two additional works that followed the two sequels to the movie. So he sets about writing the script. Um, and then he becomes unhappy. He was working, I think with Chris DeVore and Eric Bert, Bert, Bertrin, um, and he was unhappy with their ideas. So he ended up doing most of it himself. Um, and little by little, the studio began to cut down the film and it ended up over an hour and a half of footage, which actually cut from the theatrical uh, release um, and while they hoped this would be the same as Star Wars it was a critical and commercial failure it cost 45 million to make grossed 27 million and um, even though the studio would later release an extended cut David Lynch it did not reflect David Lynch's vision and he actually had his name struck from it so we're dogging on a, what's considered a David Lynch film but the pacing and and uh, isn't necessarily maybe Lynch's fault. And I think we do got to at least acknowledge that, even though the movie itself stands together pretty terrible these days. Right. David Lynch, he, he does some amazing things, and there's stuff that of his that I don't like. And 
I never felt that the failure was specifically his. I felt like the failure was just the, not the right people were invested in this film. Right. And I don't mean financially invested. I mean, like emotionally invested. There was uh, Herbert who, you know, he wrote it and Lynch was definitely interested in it. But at the time, if you weren't making a film that could spit out a ton of cash and you could throw you, they were just starting to do a lot of really big merchandising Star Wars was the the movie that really created like toy mer- and merchandising uh, phenomenons. Um, like the and so they they it just didn't get the attention it deserved. Yeah, and I mean you did have the right financial backers that said, hey, you know, you need an if you need three and a half hours to make this film, let's do that. I mean, today we might be a little bit more able to do that our studios were would be willing to invest in that after like lord of the rings and stuff but um well we're seeing it right now with the new dune they they basically said we're willing to invest in this knowing that this kind of a story needs this kind of time well yes but 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 they did not initially invest in it they said we're going to give you money for one movie and let's see how it does. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until it began doing well that the studio said, "Okay, we're going to make movie two. So they. It was a week yeah, later that they yes. that they said yes. So they were not committed. We we had no clue going into this that we were actually going to get a second movie. But they did. They did stand by it when they saw it began to make some money. Which obviously they need money to make the movie. It needs to be needs which, return on investment. Makes sense. Kudos to the director for having the balls to do that. Right. To basically be like, no, we're only going to make half the movie, which we'll discuss next time probably. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, so, I mean, uh, there are some notable actors. We mentioned Patrick Stewart stings in it. Um, I don't know about him being a notable actor, but he's a notable figure. Certainly. Who else do we have in this? Well, he was on the music scene. He was, he was big. Oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, notable actors, um, Brad, Brad Dora. Oh, yes. Um, he, I mean, mm-hmm. worm tongue. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. So, uh, I mean, he's done. He's been in Star Trek Voyager. He he's been in Lord of the Rings. Uh, he's been in lots of stuff. Um, plays a lot of similar roles. Yeah. Um, this name might not ring a bell, but if you were f- a fan of uh, V, the first miniseries uh, actor by yes. Leonardo uh, Simono, I think is um, he, he played um, Saul, the, the you know the, one of the first. He he played a, a Holocaust survivor in the first. V and so he and he kind of mm-hmm. understood one of the first people to understand what was going on, and so he only had a bit role, but I but you know that was you know, but I remember from V uh, Virginia Madsen. She's been in tons of stuff. You know, she was the princess. I mean, very young Virginia Madsen. Mm. Um, let's see who else. Um, Jose Ferrer, Linda Hunt, those two from old film. I know them from old movies. Mm. They were amazing. And um, the guy who played Baron Harkonnen, um, I mean, I used, he was, he's been, he was on, I feel like he was on Fantasy Island. Like he would, you see him in films and then like randomly on a dumb 70s TV show. Mm. <laughs> um, D. Stockwell, um, mm. you know, uh, Quantum Leap, uh, Battlestar Galactica. You know, he guest starred Enterprise, so you know he's got to be in his eighties now. But 
You know, so th- there's a very impressive who's who cast list of people who have been in a lot of our favorite sci-fi shows over the last several decades. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's some notable things that came out of that. What did you, uh, what did you think of the uh, sandworms? You know, for 1984 special effects, I thought they were pretty good. I mean, I'm not, it's very easy to, look back now and um, judge it for, for maybe for as far as the production values, what it didn't have. I, I, I try to, you know, um, leave that out of the equation um, and just try to, you know, think of, you know, for 19, you know, that $40 million back in 84 is over a hundred million dollars in today's budget. That's a lot of money, but you know, you figure they're making big budget movies for over 200 million. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty good budget, but it's not necessarily the biggest budget, um, at the time. But yeah, so yeah, the sandworms, I I thought for, you know, it was all practical. I mean, they didn't have CGI, so, um, they're all right. I thought they were really good for 1984. I mean, I don't think their practical effects were bad at all by any measure for that time period. Yeah, especially when you look at like the CGI of the, of the era. I mean, Last Starfighter immediately popped into my mind. <coughs> all of their space scenes and everything were all CGI'd, and, and it looked very computer-driven. I mean, to... to Trying to do that with the sandworms there would not have, I mean, that would have made it horrible. Right. But yeah, they were, they were probably the coolest looking thing in the whole movie, I think. Right. Yeah. Do you know what's funny is I don't remember the term CGI, and this term existed, but when you talked back then, they would just talk about the visual effects. Yeah. There wasn't even a specialized way of, well, this is a computer-generated animation, or this is a computer-generated image. But we did all of that in our VFX. And it became, like, I, I don't even remember anybody using CGI as a term to describe what was being used. Um, God, it was so... so like, uh, my computer barely, like, played a video game. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know? It was a... Sorry, that was a random thought. Yeah. Yeah. I do think it's like, you know, we, we talk about this film and uh, there there are there are definitely some problems in this film, as you said, maybe primarily with pacing. Um, I know that people who really knew Dune really nitpick the uh, weirding modules, which are not a part of the book. Um, mm, that was a question I had. Like, what's the where did that come from? Was there anything in the book? And it's been so long that I don't remember it. There's not. Um, There's not. Is there anything that would hint or would suggest like, oh, we could do this and make it do that? Um, I think it was because they thought Kung Fu on like sand would look stupid. Which they might not be wrong, but not actually having ever done martial arts, maybe Miles could talk to that more about whether or not that would have been bad. I don't know. 
I've never competed on sand before. Um, so I can't really speak to that. Um, but there's been, you know, fight scenes filmed on sand. So I, th- I don't think, uh, Maybe that wasn't in the forty million budget to have like a martial arts person come and do. I don't know, but my understanding of that when I say like did my homework for this film, I actually did my homework, but because I was determined not to just rip on it for 50, for forty minutes because it was terrible. Right. It was arguably one of the worst movies. <laughs> Incomprehensible plot. I. F- I've never done drugs, but I can well imagine that that would be what it would be like. Uh, Chrissy, I really wish you wouldn't hold back about how you feel about this. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a horrible movie. It's if if you asked me, would you like to rewatch Dune or rewatch The Phantom Menace? I would choose The Phantom Menace. That is how horror. I'm like, what is? I would choose Dune. I don't. I I don't know. The Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace is. Phantom Menace would be good. I mean, there's so many redeemable parts of the Phantom Menace. Dune is fun, and because it's to me, it's it's a fun '80s romp. Right. There's, you know, it's you, you have the music. I mean. It's a it's a good story. Obviously, we 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 agree the execution was not the best, but the vi- the visuals look good. The music is great. Um, you know, and, and seeing some people that you know that are that have been in some of our favorite sci fi movies and shows over the decades, seeing them, you know, thirty five years younger, is is fun. So there there is a fun. I mean, I, I had fun watching this movie. Would I go back and watch it again anytime soon? Probably not. But you know, I'm not. But I, I could still appreciate. You know, I was 14 when this movie came out. I didn't see it. I, I, I didn't, it didn't appeal to me at the time. After watching this movie, the best way I could describe it is, for me, it's a little too cerebral, and yet it's still a little over the top. Yeah. I would watch this again over. Uh, Jupiter Rising. Uh, yeah, agreed. I've never had the mm-hmm. displeasure of watching Jupiter Rising, but also sure. hot, amazing garbage. Yeah. You should totally watch it. Absolutely, it's we're gonna, hot, we're gonna re- after garbage. Dune, we're gonna review that here just to make uh, <laughs> Chrissy watch it. Yes. <laughs> wait, wait, you're in Winter Shelter, then forget it. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh no! I'm actually I will actually be able to do podcasts this year because I will I don't have to do I don't have to staff the evening portion of the shelter. Oh, nice. I'm just overseeing the operations. Fantastic! Good, um, we're doing Jupiter Rising. Yes. Then. Um, Shouldn't you share that? Nah. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> yeah, you know uh, this movie because I am a Dune fan, and I you know obviously I did a. Uh, I was a part of a Dune podcast that uh, M was gracious enough to do the voiceover for um, the intro to that. And um, yeah, so you know, we did the, uh, we talked about all these books. We talked, we reviewed this movie and the franchise and there's no doubt that it does have some problems, but for people that are fans of Dune and are fans of Herbert and know the books, there's a lot to connect them to this story. Um, and I know that, Roger, what Ebert like totally, totally 
dogged on it. But one of the things he does say about it is that the movie's plot will no doubt mean more to people who have read Herbert than those who are walking in cold. And I would say there's probably a lot of truth to that. I mean, I would even say that about the new movie, that those people who walk in knowing, having read Dune, are going to appreciate that movie on a different level than those who just walk in and say, hey, this is a good movie. Um, and uh, not that it's not a good movie in its own right, but there's a, there's a different level of appreciation. And so even a movie that comes off as... Uh, being a, a hot mess, there's going to be some redemptive qualities for people who love. Well, if this is the only incarnation of Dune that we're going to get, then at least it's something. Question for you, Scott. So we know, okay, so we, we have this movie and we have the new one. The new one is a remake or at least half of a remake right. of, the, of the story in this movie. Has, has this... is. Has this movie been remade before? I so, mean, I mean, so Dune has had a long and troubled history. It was op- like, so Herbert puts this out in the 60s. It's optioned for a movie. Uh, and those movie op, and the, there's a guy working on it for about four years and he bails on it in 73. Then Jarowski gets a hold of it and works on it. And there's concept art and actually inspires a lot of the artwork in Alien, but it doesn't get mo- made into a movie at all. And then Lynch's version comes out and there might have been another. That movie is actually called The Greatest Movie That Was Never Made. Right. Yeah. So I've, there's a doc, there's which... a documentary on it. It's actually pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So it was. Yeah. So I, it was great. And, um, but that, that, I think that one too, if it would have come out, would have been one that would have been better seen on drugs the way the artwork looks. But, um, well, you know, then, then after Lynch is doing it, kind of rests for a little bit. Well, and, and Frank Herbert dies and the franchise kind of stalls. Um, but then around 2000, uh, Dune comes out as a miniseries in sci fi. And, I thought was a fair adaptation on it. They had um, uh, they had a great guy playing B- Paul. Uh, James McAvee was Paul's son, and then John, there's a uh, um, William Hurt. I think was um, was Paul's dad, and it's there was some there was some great casting, and I personally really enjoyed the miniseries for what it was. Um, and I, in my opinion, it was probably the best adaptation we had of Dune up till maybe the movie that we just had that came out. So that's kind of the progression of it. So no cinematic blockbuster except for Lynch's Dune. And then of course, what we have now. Okay. Cool. How many books are in that series? Well, so it depends what you're talking about. If you talk about what Frank Herbert wrote, seven books um, okay. with Dune being the first. Um, but then there are probably 20 to 24 books if you include the books that his son wrote from his notes and Kevin J. Anderson helped write. So there's a pretty wow. expansive universe in it. Holy cow. Uh, but, you know, I want to just one, one thing that we talked about on that show that I maybe worth bringing up here. When Dune was written, um, Frank Herbert went on record after Dune was written that any book he wrote after Dune can never measure up to Dune. Um, Dune was held at such a high standard for people that he, he, the subsequent books, no matter how much thought and work and the way he worked his craft, it just never rose up to that same level. But anyways, go ahead. Scott, have you gotten through all the books? I did because I, have you, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, so there's, they keep releasing books. So, um, 
I haven't read the newest book that's out. There's a new trilogy that's coming out. There's like a prequel trilogy to Dune that that they're putting out as the movie's coming out um, that I haven't read, but I've read all the other books, yes. So in your opinion, how do the other books stack up against um, the original book, the first book in the series? I mean, I like – so – Frank Herbert's book uh, remains cerebral, and um, they 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 really capture a lot of the thoughts. They met they 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 explore religion, politics. That was Frank. That was what that's what Frank was known for. You know, on a first name basis, um, and uh, you know he really he really wrote uh, kind of exploring these ideals. Very concerned with ecology. Um, these are very big themes in them. The subsequent books are much easier to read um, written from Kevin J. Anderson's style, who wrote some of the star Wars movies uh, books. I mean, not the movies, but the books, uh, some of the novelizations he's been involved with. He's just much more of a tie in novelist. Um, and, and so not as deep, not as cerebral, but fun reads. And certainly if you want to, you know, get backstory into the universe, uh, then this is what you get. This is what you get. Frank Herbert's not producing any more information. You're going to kind of, uh, Take it and uh, and enjoy it for what they are. But they are they are no Frank Herbert. But that doesn't mean they're bad. So, yeah. So, um, some people hail like so. I like Children of Dune. There was God Emperor of Dune, Chapter House of Dune, are hailed as being some of the uh, uh, the big ones and and that, that are really good. So, but they're all they're all good. So. So this this new the new release movie just came out. Is that based off of the first book? That's based that, that's, that, that, that's based movie? on the uh, yeah the original Frank Herbert's first book Dune, and it's okay. the first half of that book. Um, oh. So the second half. And what did you say the release date in that would be? Was that twenty twenty two? Is that right? Yeah, um, I have to go back and look at the at the the list. Um, I believe it's. I want to say it's like no late November twenty twenty two. I'm confirming it now. Hold I on. think that's what, if I remember correctly. So the obviously, I'm sorry. It's listing on IMDb at 2023 oh, that, right now. That, so, that yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. But I have, I have yeah. a feeling that the scripting was kind of already done and they were just kind of waiting in the wings to see if, Hey, how's this movie going to be? Okay, good. Great. Now let's go film this. Um, and does this remake cover the same story that the, 1984 version did the two the the, the two the two movies together the one that this one and the one that's coming out in 23 that will cover the territory that lynch's film covered okay okay yeah just so i know it to be ready for um as again this one i mean the the new film is a much more in my opinion maybe lynch's was meant to be serious too Hard to take that serious when you look at it through today's eyes, um, but the but the, well, but I mean, the, the Baron yeah. was flipping ridiculous. Yeah, the, the the new movie though is beautiful. Is it is an art? Em, em alluded to it. The music is in is artfully done. It's a it's a it's a masterpiece in its own right. So I can't I can't so, wait for you guys to watch it. Yeah. So something that um I got in like my kind of looking at this movie do you feel that the 1984 movie really captured the themes of the book well 
Because I haven't read the books, so I don't know. I think that it's hard. There's a lot. There's a lot of politic in the book, and it's hard to capture the political discord, its intrigue, in a movie. And I felt that I feel like if I'm going to really criticize a new movie, one of the errors, one of the areas I would criticize it on is the fact that you lose some of the political intrigue, espionage, and backstabbing. It's there, but it's just not as in depth as the book did. And you don't. And while you see it, I think in both films, um, Frank Herbert really was interested in how people gain power, held power, and manipulated their use of power. Um, and you don't see it maybe come come across quite as well in in in, in the movies, even in the new movie. Uh, for example, M, you'll get this, and we we can obviously get into it when we talk about the movie. But in the new new movie, there's this whole plot where the Duke. Duke Leto um, kind of suspects Jessica as being in on the plot to unseat him. And they, they really spread a lot of doubt around about her in the palace. And they just don't, they don't touch on that at all in the, in, in, in the new movie. And it's not, I mean, it's not essential to the entire plot, but it's part of the political intrigue and the who's, who can you trust? And can I really trust you? Everyone has their own agenda. And that's not really developed too far in the new movie. So doesn't mean it's bad. It's just, you know, if you're going to nitpick it and say that there are certain things that I think both movies miss. And I think it's not so much, I mean, political discourse and dialogue doesn't translate real well into a movie that you want with some action and you want to keep the pacing going. So I think the timing is great for this, for this film to be remade because episodic filmmaking is so much more commonplace. Absolutely. The, the, the technology exists where you can really create the environment that you need to create to tell the story. And then the volume of talent that's available that is of, of just it's, it's, uh, it's that alone, just being able to, to pull, like the one thing that's driving me bonkers is, is like the whole, like, no, I'm not going to bring it up here because I'm going to get angry. Um, But just the sheer volume and diversity and the risk taking of, you know, taking the book, telling the story, putting in your own twists, but they work so well right. with telling the right. story that it doesn't even matter. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. It makes me really, really happy. Yeah. I'm this, I know we're not, I know we're doing the old movie right. and not the new movie, but the old movie will always have a place in my heart because it is one of the first like really heavy sci-fi, dark, interesting storytelling um, futuristic, semi-dystopian thing that I uh, that I'd seen along with Star Wars in that time period yeah. in the early eighties. No, absolutely, as a teenager, as as I'm figuring out the kind of junk that I like, right. and then now here we are, you know, thirty five years later, with so much more available to us, and now all those stories I love are told in. in they feel what I'm seeing on the screen. It feels like what I saw in my brain, the movie in my head as I read the book. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Well, this is a uh, great segue, uh, I guess, to wrap it up. Um, 
So if we were to rank this movie, let's give it a five out of five stars. Um, the David Lynch film, considering the time period, and even though we've obviously dogged in this movie somewhat, um, maybe a lot, um, where would you end up ranking it? Let's just run around the room and just do this real quick. And uh, let's start with you, Miles. Um, I'll give it two and a half stars. Two and a half stars. Dave, you? Um, I'll give it an honest three. Okay. Chrissy? I usually rank things lower than everyone else, so I'm giving it like maybe a one and a half to two stars. I mean, it's it's the the plot really is a hot mess to me. And uh, M, um, I give it like two and a half, two and three quarters because it's beautiful hot garbage. (sighs) It's just it's it's I'm gonna I'm gonna watch. It's just it it's like Star Trek the motion picture. That is also beautiful hot garbage. But again, that's that's my childhood, so I, I love it, but not enough to be like Yeah. Like I would probably watch Green Lantern before <laughs> I would watch Dude. True. But I certainly wouldn't watch like Ghost Rider before I would watch Dude. Yeah. I think that I would probably I'd, <laughs> I'd probably be ranking it somewhere between the one to two uh depending on like what merits I was ranking it on. But I, you know, let's say I'll give it a two solid two. Cause I think that's kind of where everyone's somewhere around there. And, and uh, yeah, so we'll see, I guess uh, what in uh, two weeks we'll be talking about the, uh, the new Dune and then we can uh, see what we think about it. And we'll try to watch that between now and then. Very good. Well, uh, Miles, why don't you take us out of the show here? All right. Till next time. Good night and good luck. We'll see ya. Do your dailies. Leave your tips on the table. And go boldly. Absolutely. I'm actually doing my dailies right now. There you go. Yeah, go boldly. She is doing her dailies. She is. She is. Tomorrow. Yes. Absolutely. Oh yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. Hey, Door civic uh, duty. Yep. David. David Lynch for school board president. You know what? Oh, God. It can't be worse. <laughs> oh my, my. Hey. So what's what's going on with the website? Should we look? Oh at, yeah. Is, so I did. Like I, did, I, did, I, did I didn't tell you this, but uh, it is GoDaddy's fault. I have security on the website that I pay for. Um, because this has happened before, um, and uh, for some reason uh, they didn't have it active. So what? I don't know. So when I emailed them, they said, "Well, it's not set up." I'm, I'm like, "That's funny because it was set up before." You know, you know. I'm typing to the guy in chat, and so yeah. So it should no longer be a pharmacy in Russia where you can get your agro drugs. I mean that is a very free yeah. service. Yeah, I'm sorry. So I mean, you'll have to get it's cheaper than what I pay for Viagra here. Yeah, I know. So. I mean, so Miles. I mean, uh, you have to get Viagra elsewhere. So, <laughs> all right. There's people. Oh, I... <laughs> what was that? I don't have to. I, I just say uh, <laughs> that I, you know, when you reach a certain age, and uh, you know, <laughs> there, there's lots of ads wow. for. Help, 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 you know, helping with ED. Right. So, 
I'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's plenty of places <laughs> to get it, right? No. Yeah, oh wow. <laughs> I just that's I just said there's lots of ads that Yep, absolutely. That, that are tailored for you when you reach a certain age. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean you gotta do what you gotta do to get the job done. So <laughs> you know, because after it. all it's like work, right? It's not like body positive on the spot now. I'm just going to say that. No. No, so a short story, long story short, it should be taken care of. I didn't actually check. So ironically, if you were to type in scifidinerpodcast.com in the URL bar, it would take you straight there. If you go into Google, type in scifidinerpodcast, it would redirect you to the pharmacy site. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, so it was, was, it's just, that's what happened before, right? So... So I didn't check. Bring a big pack out to screw you over. Yeah. So, I, mean, well, I, don't why, I don't know why people would go to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast to actually uh, buy pharmacy stuff, but hey, it's all, you know, it's, all think, it's back it's back and working now. I just did a search in Google, and it takes you straight there. So. I want to reach think. out to those Russians and be like, you know, I don't mind you taking some of our traffic, but I would really like some of those kickbacks. Right. I'm just saying. Do you want to be yeah, a sponsor? Be a Do you want to be a sponsor on this podcast? Yeah. yeah. That's what I think should be done. Yeah. Patreon.com slash sci-fi diner. <laughs> exactly. Get your science fiction and your Viagra all in one place. That's right. <laughs> Does that like speak to our demographic? Like, is that who listens to? Us? Maybe. I, I mean, mean I for know. some people, it's super hot. Like, it gets if that's what you know. They have their. Do you know what would be know, super Star hot? We should do a sci-fi diner fantasy. ASMR. Just saying. On that note, I'm gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why is all the ASMR stuff like something like soft porn? Like, what the heck is that? Well, about? My, my son's be... my son's listening to some of it. I'm like, um, bud. I don't think he listens to that stuff, but it's like in the background. I'm like, mm, okay. Well, yeah, like ASMR used to be like really just like you would just like listen to like interesting sounds. Like there's a really cool one of like ice cracking that's like almost musical that um what's her face did up in like Norway. It's actually really really cool to listen. Um, but then you have other things you're like, um, I think you people are just basically being like those. You know, Twitch streamers that just have the camera pointed to your boobs the entire time. Like, making more money than I do in a week. I mean, mean, Dave, you could uh, always just sit there with uh, cameras pointed at your boobs and just, you know, see what happens (laughs) and, uh, and, you know, speak in that gravelly voice you got. And. One of my one of my friends up in the, in New York who is a voiceover person, um, they they were I I snore weird and they pointed that out and they think it's hilarious. And they asked me a month ago, would you record your snoring? And I said, well, let me wait until like it's a good you know high allergy day because that's when I'm going to snore. So I set up my recording gear and I recorded myself snore it i recorded the the mic was near that was hung over the bed and i put my little headphones in to fall asleep to my book and i i sold them uh two hours of my snoring um and it was a very nice paycheck so i don't know how they make money but he paid me 150 dollars an hour 
just to snore. Hey. And he and he's like, I have I have people who are interested in it. And I, I that's the, awesome. You know, the advent the of only, the internet has made me understand just how weird we as a species are. Because like I can't the only thing to be dumbfounded by it. The only thing I can think of is like a good friend of mine when he and his wife divorced, she was a snorer and he had a very hard time falling asleep when they separated because he was used to that sound. So maybe there's someone is using my snoring to replace a sound that they or someone sampling it or whatever. But I got my paycheck and I'm all right with that. I mean, I can understand that because I shared a room with my sister and I had a hard time falling asleep not having her in the bunk above me like wrestling around at night. So I kind of understand that. But at the same time, I did get used to it. So this is just... I don't understand human brains. And I have a master's degree in humans. So if I don't get them, I, I don't know how the rest of you... Or, or have any hope of getting them. I had to look this thing up. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't know it was a thing. Oh, yeah. Humans are weird. Yeah. Like, I, there will be, if I'm having a, a, a if I've had a, a nice high anxiety day, I will, um, I, or if I really need to focus, there's an ASMR of the, of, it's an eight hour video on YouTube that's office sounds. And for the first couple of months of COVID, I needed that to get through the day with it. Oh, panicking. And then to help me sleep, a good thunderstorm, that will, and it has to be the right kind of, like, there has to be a, a good volume of thunder, and it has to be not just the rolling, rumbling, but the cracking. I need that. And if I'm having a high anxiety day and I can't get myself to sleep, if I put those kinds of sounds on, it's actually very soothing for me mentally. Like, I get it. I totally get it. I love it. Like, if a sound can help me get through something, and I can do it quietly and in my own space, that's awesome. Dave, Dave needs an ASMR of custodial work happening every Aww. every day. I'll never sleep. I'll never sleep. <laughs> You'd be so anxious. Like, no, because all, all it'll be are the sounds of things being thrown and four-letter words <laughs> repeated off and on. Nice. <laughs> Cursing at kids and teachers. <laughs> oh my! Crazy Tim. It never gets any easier leaving Earth. I was an orphan at the age of two. I grew up on the streets of Earth. Fought my way against joining gangs and registered for the Alliance military when I was 18 years of age. Every time that I am on Earth brings back difficult memories from when I was a child. The corruption troubles me. It never gets any easier.
must be our new crew member aboard the Normandy. Pleasure, Commander Shepard. You remind me of my younger self, eager, young, ready to get started. I hear you two were an orphan. Well, I hope you will be settled here, in this family, aboard the Normandy. Look around, we are in the viewing deck. And I always love to make sure our newest recruits are fully comfortable aboard the Normandy. I will be here to support, teach, and guide you through every step of the way. I was so incredibly impressed by your resume and the skills you have possessed and have shown during training. It is a pleasure for you to join us. We're traveling now. It'll take a few days to hit the mass relay needed. We are traveling to the Citadel, where I have a meeting as a spectre with the council, discussing some new challenges we are facing. Yes, there are troubles within our universe, and it is up to us to be able to fight for all united races against these dark and evil forces. But don't worry, we have time. Time to show you around. Time to introduce you to the Normandy and your task, your role aboard this ship, the Citadel, and of course, showing you to your sleep chamber.